clarity, connection, authenticity. I'm Alexa Ray, former mental health clinician turned life coach. I quit my full-time career because I was sick of working in a healthcare system where people were not getting the help they needed to actually shift and there were so many gaps present. I am shaking up the mental health game to help women reconnect to their authentic selves and rewrite their story from who they think they should be to who they want to be. In Authentically You, we'll be talking about all things that limit us from connecting to our authentic self. Trauma, self-worth, self-esteem, relationships, communication, addiction, self-compassion, body image, disordered eating, anxiety, challenging beliefs, all of these things. Bottom line is, I want this to help you feel seen, to help you feel safe, heard, and validated. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Authentically You. Alexa Ray here, and I have a guest who, before we popped on this recording, we have just been laughing because we have this deep connection. Um, so I'm really excited. I can't wait. This is Denise Marie. She's with us today, and she is someone that I met through my business uh, coaching program when I started my own business, and we just clicked. We've been supporting each other along the way, and what I really love about our relationship is that we are in the same niche yet we have no competition between the two of us it's about like let's support each other let's build each other up and let's just keep each other going through this intense roller coaster of a journey that entrepreneurship is and so she is a supportive counselor and she is illuminating the path to awareness and healing so i really want to do her justice and make sure that she has the ability to express who you are what you are all about let's hear it denise Wow. Well, that's an introduction, isn't it? (laughs) Everyone's going to have to excuse us because we do, like Alexa said, we do know each other and we have a pretty profound relationship at this point, though. Funnily enough, we've never actually met in person. Yeah, true. We're online buds and tell them how we usually communicate. (laughs) Oh God. We usually communicate via multiple voice notes, which if we strung them all together, could be probably a podcast in, of it, in and of itself. So yeah, sure. this is probably going to be a fun one. You're probably going to hear a lot of laughing, but it is what it is. So yes, my name is Denise Marie. I am a licensed and registered therapist supporting women of all ages, really, but you know, probably more my age bracket, 23. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. That's a lie. No, that's a lie. 40-ish plus. Um, I only work in the province of Ontario, but I'm hoping to expand on that. But for now, uh, I am working with women that are riddled in self-doubt, that are living in victim mentality, that are disconnected from their soul, their heart, their purpose. And I am supporting them and illuminating that path for them so that they can see how brilliant, amazing, and authentic they are which is similar to your messaging as far as the, that in- authenticity piece, but so different Yeah, because I'm still in the, um, I'm still a part of the more formal mental health industry. Which is what's so cool. I think in the realm of healing in itself, there's so mm-hmm. much room for diversity and yet still approaching the same goal essentially. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think it, it's going to depend truly on the woman specifically that comes across you or they come across me, it's like, what are they searching for? What are their end goals? What is their, you know, and what is their connection? Do they have a fit with you or are they better fit for me? You know, it really is going to depend and the messaging might be the same, but I mean, we do things so uniquely that Mm -hmm. it's just going to truly depend on the woman and what her needs are. 
Yeah. And I think what I really like about you is like, I also come from formal, formal mental health background. And one of the reasons I left was because I found there were so many gaps in, in the approach that we had in the system itself of healthcare. And what I love about you is that you're filling those gaps in your practice. And I think that's so incredible. Um, and you ever found any sort of barriers to that in your practice? So far, no. And, and funnily enough, my story is like, I, I went to school. I'll tell you a little background about me. Yeah. 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 You know, but your audience doesn't know. Please, please. Um, <laughs> I decided after a long time working corporately, most of my life, most of my adult life was spent working corporately. And I, I just was so unhappy. It was so out of alignment as to what I wanted to do. And, and it just felt like I was, you know, putting a square peg in a round hole my whole life. And I had gone through my own therapeutic journey. I went to see a counselor myself. I was deeply traumatized from things that had happened in my, in my life. I was, like I said, living in victim mentality, feeling like the world was happening to me. And interestingly enough, our first meeting, our very first session together, she said to me, why aren't you a therapist? And I swear to you, I laughed out loud. No I was way. Like, yes. The very first thing she said to me, like, why aren't you doing this job? You were meant to do this job. And I must have given her, Alexa, 9,000 excuses. Really? I mortgage. I have a car payment. I have, you know, like responsibilities. I, I have a job. I'm an I adult. Have, yeah, I'm an adult. Like, what do you mean <laughs> I should do this job? I should have done that centuries ago. It's too late for me. And she was like, okay, whatever you say. And, you know, we went through that, ther that therapeutic process together. And I mean, she changed my life. I, I give her so much credit and, and it's a testimony to how counseling can work and it can have an impact on somebody's life completely. It can change it. And I think people have in their brain that it's, you know, when you see a counselor, you're seeing like a, a psychologist or a psychotherapist and it's very like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to lay on the couch. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. The lounge chair. Yes. <laughs> How do you feel yeah. about that? <laughs> yes. How do you feel about that? Isn't that right? Like I'm going to write down all that, you know, and it's, it, it's so different. So I went through this process with her and I started journaling. I started getting into meditation, positive affirmations, a real spiritual journey. And I'm sure we'll get into that at some point because it's an interesting part of the story and a very valuable part of the therapeutic process as I see it anyway. Right. Um, so I started kind of going, you know, through this and then I started to shift. And I remember like, going to work one day and just crying on my way to work, just sobbing. And of course my makeup is all a mess. Cause I wore makeup all the time back then. <laughs> Not still have, sometimes you have stunning makeup on only when like I go you're live very on talented. I'm also a licensed esthetician, but that's, Look a at you. that's okay. Let's go back. I know <laughs> I tried a lot of things on for size Alexa. Okay. I'm a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I remember this day I was driving to work, just sobbing. And I, and I just said, universe, please, like I, something's got to give, I can't keep doing this. Please show me the way. And I, and I literally surrendered in that moment. I'm going to cry right now. Oh, oh my God. You know me. I'm so emotional. This is something we have in connection. We have a lot of things. Like I would just want to point, like we both love to cry for various <laughs> emotions. <laughs> it's just something that comes naturally, but there's so many other things that connect us as friends. We're both cancers. We're both cancers. We yeah. both love, I also just realized this doing this podcast because we're usually relationship-based voice notes, but yes. we love high buns. Yes. Oh Yours is more sophisticated than mine usually. Yeah, but, but see, it's okay. 
but no one can see our high buns no but I love a high bun myself me too you gotta you can get it's serious when there's a high bun you're getting stuff done truth truth stuff (laughs) sorry let's go back we're like yeah this is gonna be a whole conversation (laughs) it's probably gonna be a whole conversation so yeah I, I I literally just surrendered and I remember doing a journal that next day, because I was doing a lot of meditation in the morning and a lot of journaling and a lot of real introspection and self-reflection. And I had written in my journal, I, I'm, I'm meant to be a therapist. I'm meant to be a counselor. And I wish I could find that. I have that journal somewhere, but I can never seem to find the page. And I wrote it and it was like a lightning bolt. Wow. Like, holy cow, what a revelation. What? And then I'm, and then of course, like when you decide to change your life in such a substantial way, you start going down that vortex, like how, how, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to go to school? How am I going to, you know, how is this all going to come into play? How is it going to come together? And I went to my own therapist and I just started crying in her office and she's like, oh my God, what's wrong? You've been here one second. <laughs> like, I just, I want to be a therapist. You're right. And this is like years of us working together, wow. at least a year. And she was like, didn't I tell you that on day one? Like, could have saved thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you so much. But the fact of the matter is, is that I had so much other stuff in the way. I had so much self-doubt. I had so much victim mentality. I had so many things that I was worried about. I didn't even realize that this was my sole purpose. This is the whole reason I'm on this planet. This is what I signed on to do, to come here to do. Mm. So I said to her, I'm like, like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to go back to school? How am I going to like, how's this going to happen? And she was like, here's what you're going to do. And I literally did it. I, it, I did it the next day. I applied for school and this is an adulthood. So you got to get your transcripts. You got to do all this stuff. Like, yes. I mean, I've, I've got an education already from the university of Guelph in psychology and in business from Mohawk. Like I've gone to school for everything, aesthetics included. Right. So it's like going through that process again, so late in life, it's, it was scary and it was daunting. And I still had no idea how I was going to do this. And it, it just all came together. And, and when I say that, I am not lying. I went to school. I graduated at the top of my class. I won the silver award for, for grades. Like the money knees. came. I know, right? Come on. Are you surprised though? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be like at the top of the class. That's, I'm a little bit of a, I'm a little bit like that. <laughs> I have to be the best. Um, but money as far as I was worried about money, but like bursary started coming in. I was getting every single bursary. I think I paid like a third of what it cost to go to school and the rest were in bursaries. Oh, that's wild. I love that. Right. Yeah. And like, I just started connecting with people who connected me to other people. Like it's everything started to come together. My, my job was like, okay, you can't work during the week. My corporate job. They're like, no problem. We'll give you a great job on the weekend and you can work weekends. Is this the job you're still in? Yeah, that's a job I'm still in now because I haven't been able to release it just yet. Sorry, soon, yeah, soon. Still early entrepreneurship, but you know, hanging on to babies in this game. (laughs) We are. (laughs) We have big dreams, and big things are going to happen for us. Absolutely. Yeah. But you know, it's like everything fell into place, and and I knew coming into this that I was going to be in private practice. That was what I was going to do because I knew that there was this intense, innate spiritual aspect that came along with like spiritual awareness and awakening that came along with this therapeutic journey. And talk therapy only takes you so far Mm -hmm. before it becomes deeper. Before you're you know rooted in what your soul needs and excavating who you came here to be. Because I truly feel like. We all came to this world with yes. a purpose. Totally. Like totally we sign agree. on the dotted line. 
yeah. you know, before we come as little souls, we sign on the dotted line, we're going to do this and we get here and we forget everything. Yeah. And then we just spend our life being influenced by society and by what everyone else tells us to do, what our parents tell us to do, what, you know, school tells us to do that we forget. And, uh, I was determined to not forget after I remembered, and I have literally taken every step to get to where I am right now. And, and the work I'm doing with my clients, these women are incredible. And the difference mm. I'm seeing in them in mere weeks is mind blowing. It's inspirational. And even though it's them doing the work, it's like, I'm just being that mirror so that they can look deep with inside, inside themselves and see who they truly are. And it's, it's freaking beautiful. That's so and it stunning. Is, yes. And it's a testament to to you know what it means to rid yourself of victim mentality, to strip away the self-doubt, to step into your power, to know you're worthy and deserving of creating, literally creating the life that you want. Truly. Truly. And I think that, you know, like I did, I just did a bunch of stuff on life purpose too, because I also feel like same alignment again with us is that eventually I'm like, here I am doing my life purpose. This is literally what I'm supposed to be doing on this big old planet. And mm -hmm. I think for you, it's like, that's how you have such a profound impact on people's lives because you can see like, it's not just about I'm a therapist because that's what I was told to do. And I'm, I've learned the textbooks. It's much deeper for you because you've been there, right? You've been on each side. And so do you feel like that impacts how you approach your clients these days? Absolutely. Because they can relate to me. They can relate to my life experience. They can relate to what I've gone through because they're, and they know, Hey, wait a minute. She was exactly where I'm standing right now. Right. And she came out on the other side and look at what she's doing. So it's like, that is absolutely helping me with my work with my clients for sure. I mean, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know? Mm -hmm. And do you feel like most of your clients, if we talk about like, I really want to dig into like victim mentality because it's a big thing. I used to attach myself to it. And when I was younger and now yes. that side's like, do you find that a lot of your clients come from that place of victim mentality? Absolutely. And it, it's a huge topic and I've already mentioned it a couple of times, but it's, it's something that people get stuck in and we feel like the world is happening to us and we blame everybody else for our circumstances. And I'm sure a lot of people, your audience can relate to that feeling like, oh, you know, this bad thing happened to me, or, you know, this relationship is happening to me when really, and truly we are in control of our behavior. We're in control of our environment. And we are the one that steers the ship mm -hmm. at the end of the day, things might be happening to us, but we as individuals have to snap out of this victim mentality and realize the power we have within us. And until we recognize and step into that power, it's like, you're not going to be able to get out of that kerfluffle, that cloud of victimhood. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, once you get out from under that cloud, it is friggin' sunny and beautiful. Magic. Magic. I agree. Totally. I agree too. <laughs> and I too find like, I'm big on like law of attraction. And I feel like my personal experience when I was younger, this happened to me, this trauma, trauma, trauma. I would, I was attracting more crappy things in my life. Mm -hmm. and so it was like yes. stuck in that place of like, this is the world is against me. You know, it's me against the world. And that sort of like language I find really limited me in my life. Do you have that same experience from your life? 
Yes, absolutely. You're, you know what, your language, and, and this took me a long time to kind of um, grasp, your words have power. Your mm-hmm. words literally create your reality. So if you say, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, world is happening to me, I keep attracting all these bad things, bad relationships, bad partnerships. And I use the term bad lightly, because I don't actually think that anything, you know, that happens to us isn't meant for us. That is my own personal opinion on that. Um, But if you continue to think in this manner, you are emitting that frequency, you're emitting that vibration into the world around you. And because we are magnetic and vibratory beings, we're like magnets. So if you put out this idea of, uh, you know, bad things happen to me, and I'm a victim, and I keep seeing the same patterns, you're going to naturally have all of that come into you more and more and more. And what happens is it then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because you're seeing evidence to suggest that your belief is true. Right. So it's, it's so important to mind your language. And I'm always saying this with my clients, like, you know, they'll be like, Oh, I'm such an idiot. Like, don't say you're an idiot. Let's reframe that and say something like I'm learning. I'm, I'm a work in progress. I am, you know, working on myself as opposed to using the label of idiot, because truly I don't want them to bring in any evidence from the world around them that they are idiots because it's simply not the case. So you just have to be so mindful of the words you speak because they can, they become the lens through which you see the world. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's so, so true is like, once you put a label on yourself or you attach yourself to something, that's all you're going to focus on right? It's kind of like same thing as like, let's say right now, if we use our business, right? I focus on my business and it's my huge passion. And I find things that support that. Whereas if I was focusing on, you know, I don't know, I can't even think of something, Denise, but you know what I mean? Like, let's say I'm an idiot, right? If I'm focusing on, oh, I burnt the dinner because I'm an idiot. This person broke up with me because I'm an idiot, right? You'd always be finding evidence. Right. Well, and think of it from your business. If you weren't thinking I'm successful, I'm successful. My business is business taking off. I'm meant to do this job. If you're thinking like my business is crap, I, you know, I'm a failure. If you're thinking those things, you're going to find evidence of it. It's like, and I'll get, I heard this very simple example on TikTok, of course, because obviously, obviously TikTok is a problem. It's just don't download it. Anyways, (laughs) um, there was a girl on there that was like, that was giving an example. And she, she said, okay, look for the color blue. And you know, you see the color blue and she's like, okay, look for the color black. And you see the color black around you. And it's like, your brain searches for something when you give it a message to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you give your brain the message to look for the color blue. It's going to find it. So if you give the brain, your brain, the message that bad things happen to me, and I keep having the same patterns happen over and over again, or I'm an idiot, your brain's going to go and look for it. I love that. Yeah. I was literally looking around the room, blue, black. (laughs) Yeah. I looked at you because you're wearing a black shirt. (laughs) That's funny. Yes. But that's how the, that's how the brain works. And it's important to realize that and breaking out of this mentality, victim mentality. I want to speak to that for a minute because it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, and this is, this is something that, that my clients, and I'm sure your clients struggle with too, where they're like, well, I want to break out of it. Why hasn't it happened yet? Mm-hmm. why well, it's been right now yeah yeah well it's been two weeks so yeah. <laughs> but but I, I want your audience to know when you're trying to make changes in your life when you're trying to shift and shift in a big way and you're trying to come out of victim mentality it took years to get there yeah years it is solidified in your brain those neurotransmitters are stuck together like glue but it takes your awareness 
and being aware of your thoughts and being an observer of your thoughts and looking at it from a, like above, as opposed to like, as yourself that you can say and catch yourself, Oh wait, I'm calling myself an idiot again. Let me change that messaging. Mm-hmm. And then, and I know you're passionate about neuroplasticity and I am too. I was just going to say, let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about <laughs> neuroplasticity for a minute. I knew you were going to go there the second I <laughs> talked about neurotransmitters, but I mean, our brains can adopt new patterns and that old way of thinking that we're stuck in our ways and you can't teach an old dog, new trips, new tricks. It simply doesn't apply. You can forge new neural networks, but it takes awareness of the old pattern and it takes consistency in installing the new pattern. Exactly. And that's why I think like you're saying, like, if I thought I was an idiot for 34 years, it's mm -hmm. not going to happen overnight for me to all of a sudden think I'm the most incredible human on the earth. Right. And, but like you're saying, like, there's so much like old evidence, like the brain stops growing at 25. You're basically screwed after that point. That's not true. There's so much new evidence that really counteracts that statement. There is. And it it starts with mindfulness. It starts with being aware. And, Mm -hmm. and when my clients are, are being hard on themselves and being like, Oh my God, I'm not there yet. It's like, but you're aware. And I think people need to stop and smell the roses a little bit and celebrate small victories because every step towards like uninstalling that old thought and replacing it with a new thought. Even that day you said, holy cow, I called myself an idiot just there. That is a victory. Yeah. Agreed. And, and it takes, it takes consistency and practice and knowing that you are, it's a, it's an evolution and you never stop growing. No. And I think that's, what's so cool. And that's what I say to my clients is that I'm going to give you, you know, foundational really big pieces and tools and, and shifts in your mentality and, and awareness, or you're going to come to them essentially. Mm -hmm. And that's where the magic, that's where the fun happens, right? Once you have these foundational pieces of awareness, your life just starts to shift all around you. And I think that's, what's so cool. And that's what people have to remember. Like you're saying, it's not going to happen overnight, but once you get to that first key piece, things can start to shift if you consciously become aware of them and consciously make an effort to be consistent with these new things that you're thinking. Right. And it's, it's amazing how fast that shift happens, Mm -hmm. you know, but you have to be ready for it too. And I think that's, what's important with, you know, my work and your work as well. It's like, you've got to get to that point where you're like, okay, enough is enough. I have had it. It is time. I am ready. I am putting myself first. I am tired of being second banana. Yeah, I agree. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I don't want to be second banana anymore. <laughs> I am first banana. You sound like a minion. <laughs> banana. Hey, Kevin. Oh, yeah. you're good at that. Right? King Bob. Okay, this is going okay. to a weird place, but I'm sure people <laughs> laughed at it. But you know what I mean? It's it's like, you got to put yourself first. You have to realize like you don't belong on the back burner. You weren't put on an, this earth to be on the back burner. Yes. And if, if, if there is one message I can give your audience, it's that you deserve to be on the front burner. Yes. You know? And there's room on this planet for everybody. That's another message, right? Where it's like, yes. don't compete with me or you or someone else. Like there's room for all of us to show up and be first. Right. Be and the first banana. Be, be the first banana. That's what the episode should be called, Alexa. The first banana. First banana. You want to learn about it? You know, and you're right because, and people get nervous. And I know for us as well, because we went through this entrepreneurial process together, it's like, people think that, oh, there's, it's so competitive. The market's so competitive and blah, 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 blah. But 
here's the deal. Even if the thing you want to do in this life, even if the thing that you were put on this planet to do has hundreds of millions of competitors, nobody can do it the way you can. No. We're all individuals. And it is that individuality that makes us brilliant in our own right. I totally agree. Like we have to be able to see that there's room, but I find again, conditioning society mm-hmm. has led us and made us believe we have to compete, especially as women. We have to, I can't speak to men to be honest, or other, or gender, other all that stuff, but I can speak from my perspective as a woman, yeah. I was conditioned to like compete against other women. And before I, like, I also have had many journeys of life to figure out yes. my passion <laughs> And one of those passion, one of those journeys was being a professional dancer. And so in dance school, I remember just being, it was drilled into me. Like you want to have that first spot. You want to be up front. You want to be having a solo, you better start competing. And it was all like, I was just like, you got to be the best. You got to keep doing, doing, doing. And it really disconnected uh, me. I don't even know where I'm going with this story now, but it really disconnected me from authentically who I thought I was supposed to be because I was too focused on what other people were doing. And I didn't have space to think for myself. Right. And, and, Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I think that's a good segue because we get so caught up in thinking about everything else around us, thinking that we have to compete, thinking that we have to, you know, be some sort of standard or meet some sort of standard. And again, that speaks to being as women too. Like we have to look a certain way and be a certain way and, you know, have a certain personality in order to be valuable or in order to feel worthy. And the message here is no, actually, being the standard is boring. Okay. It is. I'm a true believer of that. I agree. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's each of us being unique is what makes us amazing. Yeah. And, and our personalities, like you don't have to dim your personality. You don't have to dim, you know, who you are, you can shine your light. And I think what's key here right now is, I mean, and I know you actually, um, think of yourself in this way as like a healer, like a, you know, a light worker. And I look at myself that way as well too. Right. Even though, yes, my, my, my title or my official title is, is a counselor, a therapist, supportive counselor. I consider myself a light worker and what's happening right now in this particular time and space in this world is that people that signed on the dotted line as little soul to come here and be a light worker, they're all being called to action, especially right now, because Mm -hmm this world is starting to shift and like we need healers more than ever right now. And if there are women out there, if they're out there listening right now, and you feel like that is your purpose, I would encourage you to step into it. I would encourage you to step up to the plate and be that person you're meant to be. Yeah. I just got goosebumps thinking about it. It's so true. Like it's time for everyone to step up. Like I have one client who she's like, I've always felt like my, my purpose was to change people's lives with my writing. And so it's like, now it's like, let's get you into that place. Cause people need you. Yes. And, you know, I right? totally and, and that is the work that I'm doing with my clients as well. They're like, what is my purpose? And I mean, before you can uncover the purpose, you have to feel worthy of having one. Exactly. So it's, it's clearing those weeds out, right. And like picking those weeds and taking out all that clutter, all that brain clutter, all that conditioning and unlearning all of it so that you can uncover this is my purpose. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's funny you said that about client writing. I think I told you yesterday that I have a client that's like, I want to write a book. I'm like, uh, okay, let's get you right in the book. Shall we like, what do we need to do to get everything cleared and out of the way so that you can step into that light. You can step into that purpose and be that person. Yeah. And you know, it's so rewarding. And I'm sure you must feel this way. Watching your clients soar oh. and evolve. It's just like, it makes me emotional right now. Yeah. 
yes, yeah. we cannot stop crying because okay, we, we can't. will stop being productive. <laughs> oh my gosh, so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But it is, it moves me to tears and I've had multiple occasions and I'm sure there's rules around therapists crying with their clients and all this stuff. And I'm sure it's <laughs> frowned upon, but there are moments where my clients move me to tears mm-hmm. because I'm just so emotional watching their story and watching their journey. And I feel humbled to be a part of it. Yes. I'm a business owner. Yes. I'm, you know, I have to make money. This is my living, but at the same time, watching that happen, watching that shift, seeing it take place, there is nothing like it. And, and that's the beauty of being in your purpose and, and, you know, aligning with your soul's journey that you get to have these feelings and you get to be in this flow state constantly. Yeah. But I think that speaks to like the evolution of healing is, is your, you know, there's these boundaries or whatever, but of course there are still boundaries, but I Mm -hmm. think like evolution of healing, you have to be able to genuinely connect with another human being in order for them to have the profound shifts that we're seeing with our clients, you know, because if you're just sitting there and saying like, I'm up here, you're down here and I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm sure, you know, with your own clients, that's not really impactful and effective for them nor empowering. No. No. And and the goal is to empower these women and help them support them as they uncover their own ability to heal. Cause I'm a firm believer that we have the ability to heal ourselves. We facilitate that healing, but we are not responsible for client healing. No, this even goes to like, Oh, go ahead. No, no. I lost my train of thought and I'm going to open my soda water real fast. Okay. Open it. Crack it. We love soda waters together too. Another Cheers. commonality between the two. Cheers. The soda <laughs> yes. waters. Mine's gone. The soda waters. <laughs> I'm sad. Um, I was going to say, even in my time when I worked in like really acute psychiatry and I would like, even in the moment when someone is so critically unwell and you have to be able to like, they're about to hit someone or hurt themselves. Even in that moment, empowerment is the key. I am not here to bring you down and help you bring, come your, down to a calm state. I'm going to help you feel empowered and feel like you had the autonomy to bring yourself down. So even in the most acute, unwell people, empowerment is the effort. Emphasis? No. Emphasis. Emphasis. Of healing. Emphasis yes. of healing. Like I, I agree with you entirely. And, and it's, it's like showing these clients, because when you're in that position, especially in, in your more clinical setting where they're at that time and they're in their most painful part, they can't see their own strength. They can't see their own resiliency. They don't recognize or realize how far they've come to this moment. Mm -hmm. And for for us to be able to show people that, like, look how strong you are. Look how much you've grown and you've been resilient. People are like, wait a minute. And I always ask people, like, do you see yourself as a strong person? They'll be like, no, never. And like, let's think about all the things that you've that you've been able to survive. It would have knocked somebody else down and and showing people their strengths and what they're capable of. It has such a profound impact and and increases that empowerment and that autonomy and makes them feel like they can make their own decisions and they're not out of control. Mm -hmm. It gives them the control back. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think I actually, I've lost my train of thought right now. (laughs) Literally, it's gone, it's gone. But I think what you're saying is that there's like, there's strength in everyone. There's resilience and the amount of stuff that any human being, let alone women have gone through mm-hmm. is, is incredibly profound. And I think like you're saying, it's like, let's identify and find that part of you because it's in there. It's in everybody. And I mm-hmm. think that's what people are missing is just that ability to see it in themselves. 
Yes, huge. But that's, that's my job. That's how I see it is I'm, I'm literally showing them a mirror. Mm -hmm. And at first they don't want to look in that mirror. They don't like what they see, but by the end of it, by the end of that journey and working together, they are holding that mirror and they're like hugging it and, you know, (laughs) loving on it. And they're just is so connected to who they're supposed to be and seeing the strength in themselves. And I think people get down on themselves too, you know, especially if you've been living in victim mentality or a lot of really challenging things have happened to you, you don't see yourself as strong and you, you're, you're hard on yourself and you think that you made all this happen to you, you know, that you're responsible for everything that has happened to you. And there's a lot of, you know, forgiveness that has to happen there. Yeah. Yeah. But once once they see the strength, once they come out of that shell, like it's huge. And there is, there's strength in everybody. And we make decisions in the moment. This is what I wanted to say. Sometimes when we make decisions, they're out of survival. Or sometimes Mm -hmm. when we rely on coping strategies, um, because people get down on themselves, like, oh, I've been using alcohol. I've been using drugs. I'm, you know, I've been addicted to shopping. And it's like, there's no shame in what your coping technique was in the moment. It's what you needed to survive. Totally. And, and, and those reframing those, those little moments where you just change their way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's, it's incredible. I cannot say that enough. It's, and it has a huge impact on people because we all have strengths. It's yeah. just, sometimes you need support in helping you find it or see it. Yeah. And I think too, like people like us who help people see that in themselves, it helps counteract those messages that you've been told from a young age that have built your belief system have gotten you to where you are and, and have you had like i've used i call them like ineffective coping strategies throughout my life many times right before i got to a place where i could see my worth and be able to shift how i was living my life and the behaviors that i had but it's nothing to be shameful about at all at all no, no and i mean I, I mean, I, there's a lot of people out there that shame these, these coping strategies, but truly they, I look at them as survival mechanisms, you know, I, and I use this as an example. Like when I was wildly unhappy with my life, I was like, I was a freaking shopaholic, hmm. <laughs> you know, and I would literally like, as soon as I got my paycheck, spend it on everything, makeup, clothes. But what's happening is you're trying to fill a gap. Yeah. You're trying to fill a gap where there is a void of unhappiness. And when you can identify what is, what is the root of that, and when you can start to uncover it, then things start to change in your life. And now you don't, like, I could care less if I buy things or not, although I did just buy this pineapple shirt. I saw that shirt. It's quite cute. This is a new one. I it's got little pineapples all over it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I dress like an eight-year-old, but yeah, okay. <laughs> what I like. Right. But now I could care less. I don't need to shop. I don't need to, you know, rely on anything else to make me happy because the work I'm doing is, ha- is making me happy. And the work I've done on myself is making me happy. And that work never stops. No, no. ever. No. <laughs> Alexa knows I have my moments. <laughs> we all have moments. And I think that's a good thing to say is like people yeah. on our side of being, of helping people heal. We're not perfect human beings. no, like we have moments, but we also have the tools and the, the mindset to be able to get us through those moments. Now, I think that for me, my personally is, is the difference now versus who I used to be. Yeah. And, and I think any professional that works in our industry, that's saying that they are, they are perfect or they're impervious to, you know, having moments of self-doubt or imposter syndrome or frustration I mean, I just feel like you're, you're sending the wrong message because I think what's great about us is that we're okay with being 
imperfect sometimes. We're okay yeah. with, with still going through this self-development evolution. And, and I have people say to me, oh, you make it look so easy. How is it so easy for you? And I'm like, oh God, no. if only. <laughs> <laughs> if only, you know, like I still see a therapist myself. I see her one time a month and it's, I need that. Yes. I need that because I have to continue on this journey long after, you know, the, the bulk of the work is done, but it never stops. But then it becomes an experiment and becomes fun and your evolution and your self-development. Um, it becomes a learning experience. It's something you, I look at it as like this excavation. Like I'm a, is it a paleontologist? Yeah. The guys that do dinosaur bones. Ross from Friends. Yeah. <laughs> Pivot. <laughs> Pivot. Pivot. <laughs> but yeah, like it's, you get to kind of like uncover all these amazing things about yourself. As soon as you realize how amazing you are, that's the first piece. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm saying. Like once you figure it out, that's mm. when life begins to happen. And like you're saying, it can be at any age. And I find a generational aspects come into play, you know, where I feel like probably my parents' generation is more about like, no, this is the way it is. You don't undig that stuff. You don't process that stuff. And this is just the way that life is going to be. And yes. that generation I find is a bit challenging to <laughs> shift. Well, and that's what makes our generation have a harder time, right? Because mm -hmm. we, things are passed down from one generation to yeah. the next, you know, and it, from my parents, I had the same mentality. You don't uncover that stuff. You just stick your head in the sand. You be the ostrich. You pretend your problems aren't there. But I think now for the next generation after us, there's a, we're kind of in a funny time Yes, like in our age range because, you know, mental health was still stigmatized when we were born. Now it's more open, but for the people that come after us, there's more, there's more open to yeah. them in terms of embracing their own mental health and taking the stigma out of it and yes. and tending to their own needs their own personal needs right but yeah we're in a weird age gap <laughs> i agree like there's a lot of generations even when i when i was working in a place there were so many generations together yeah. in that environment it was just kind of challenging because everyone came from such a different perspective like the really young people and then there's really old people it's just like it was tough as myself being in the middle of thinking i get that perspective i get that perspective too because we are living both in my opinion mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. But I mean, really and truly taking on and, and this actually, you know what I was just thinking, Alexa, my comparison of the mental health versus the vacation this is what's coming to my oh, mind. Oh, right tell me about this. Ooh, you know what I'm going to say? I think people we're we're trained to not spend money on our mental health, mm. spend money on our mm. self-development. It is we're still looking at it again. There's still the stigma attached. Even now, even though we're more open-minded, there's still the stigma attached and people are not as quick to invest in their own wellness mm -hmm. as they would be. And I always compare it to like the vacation, like people have no problem spending $2,000 per person for one week at an all inclusive resort. That is wild when you think about it. Right. But you tell them, okay, you know, I have a program for you that is going to address all your self-doubt and your concern and your fear and your worry and uncover your, your true authentic being. And it's going to cost you 1500. And they're like, <gasps> that's too much. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, wait a minute, you know, if, if, if only you wouldn't desperately need that vacation from your life. Yeah. If you were already living an authentic one that you were connected to deeply. And if you were already connected to your purpose, your soul, your heart, your compassion, all those things. I think but, it was really, go ahead. Sorry. 
I, I think I was just going to say, I think that's really, really interesting. And it's, it's something that when you say it to people, they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. Yeah, no, I, th- I was just going to say, that's a really important message, Denise. I'm really happy that you said that because I totally agree with you. And I think mm-hmm. I've never thought of, it of, you know, if you didn't need that vacation, if you invest in your well-being, I think I love that. That's new to me, really, to be honest. I just was thinking about the price comparison, but that comparison is even more profound to me. Like mm. imagine you didn't need a vacation. I mean, you're still allowed to go on vacation. We're not of saying course. that you can't. I love maybe to Costa vacation. Rica. That's where we want to go. Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> We've been yes. talking about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you wouldn't need a vacation from your life if your well-being, if you were, you know, so secure in your well-being. Mm-hmm. And and what happens too, I think when and I know this from personal experience, when I came back from some of these vacations, I was depressed, more depressed mm-hmm. because you you saw what it was like to not live that reality. But totally. if your reality was exactly what it needed to be and you were standing in your worth and being your authentic self, the vacation wouldn't, it wouldn't, it would just be a bonus. It wouldn't be a like, like something you needed. Exactly. And I actually used to, used to do a lot of research into resiliency. And one of the things that I found was it takes 10 to 14 days. This is going to blow your mind, Denise. Okay. I'm ready. 10 to 14 days for the enzymes in your brain, like stress hormones to decrease to a point of relaxation when you're working in a world that we live in, essentially, mm-hmm. like you're always banking from your phone, you know, going to work, stress is this chronic all the time. So it takes 10 to 14 days for that to decrease to a point. So you're taking a week vacation. You're not even getting there. Let's say you take a two week vacation Halfway through that vacation, you're feeling like, okay, I'm literally chill right now. It takes then there's like three to seven days where it starts participating. What's the word I'm thinking of? Um, where it starts to like ramp back up because you're it knows you're going back to that. So you're really a vacation is not actually impacting your life as and like you're saying, I came back and I, you probably feel resentful, you feel anxious, you probably feel like angry. That's just my perception because you're mm-hmm. like, I never actually got anything out of this besides some mimosas and a tan okay i mean those are good things too and your skin always feels nice because you've been in the salt water in the ocean yeah so yeah there is there is some good stuff of course you're making memories and stuff like that like there's something to be said about it but you're right it's like you never de-stress while you're there anyways because come wednesday you're thinking about going to work on monday yeah exactly (laughs) you know and we live in the society where we have been told that the only way to function is to spend 65 of our years grinding in a job from nine to five making other people money and then you get 10 years off but yeah. that's the society that we live in and and i'm here to tell you it does not have to be that way yeah i love it that does approach. not mm-hmm. yeah you can if and if you can follow your soul's purpose if you can follow what you came here to do if you can step into that a you'll never feel like you're working ever no um except when you're dealing with ads you might feel like you're working then <laughs> Ooh, <I bet. laughs> But you'll, you won't have that need to get away all the time because you're doing exactly what it is you're meant to do. And I know that a lot of people are going to find that hard to swallow or, or think, you know, that's not for me, that's for everybody else. But if it can happen to me, if it can happen to you, it can happen to anybody. Yeah. And I think that's true. Like, and there are some people, I think that working a job nine to five, it it suits them, right? I like, I used to work with um, people in my old position and like, they're like, yeah, I come here. I come to make money. It does. I don't, it sounds kind of weird, but it's like, for me, when I'm in a job, like I want to do good at my job. Like I'm very like a high achiever. And so they're like, no, I come here eight to four. I take my lunch. I'm not here one minute sooner, one minute later. And they like it. Cause that's just who they are. They like 
because there's a lot of stress that comes with a job like ours as well. And even for my husband, like he's a firefighter and he loves what he's doing. And it's a very, it's a government job or is it something like that? You know what I'm talking about? City, municipality. Yeah. Same sort of vibe, you know, so it is possible, I think, to find your purpose if that is what you feel you're supposed to be doing. Like for my husband, very true. Like he's very passionate about his job, you know? he's also a helper and it takes a certain kind of individual to put themselves literally in the line of fire the way it does. You know, you've got, yes, quite literally, you have to be passionate about that. You have to be connected so deeply to that, to be able to do that kind of job. And I agree. I mean, there are people that prefer that, you know, they prefer to just do the nine to five and that's their, that's their, um, that's what suits them. And I totally commend people for that. I thought I was a person like that for a really long time, actually. Yeah. I was like, I'm not an entrepreneur. I want to work for somebody else. I don't want all the stress. I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. I want that to be someone else's problem. But then I don't know, at some point I was like, I don't want to do any of that. I want, no. if I'm going to be stressed, I want it to be my own stress. Not yeah. somebody it's, else's. And it's different stress. Like it's yes. different, you know, like I'm stressed sometimes, but I still love getting up and doing what I'm doing. That's right. And that's, that's what I, I want to show my clients, right? It doesn't matter. Maybe, okay. Maybe you're not creating your own business or whatever, but I want you to wake up joyful. I want you to wake up full of gratitude, like jumping out of bed and not feel like you need to hit the snooze button, not feel like, Oh no, another day living life on repeat. No, like groundhog day over and over again. Right. It doesn't have to be that way. No. And if it is that way, it's up to you as an individual to uncover and unearth why you're feeling that way. Exactly. And I even think it's like, I don't want people to get the message that we're like, quit your job and do something magical. (laughs) Right. Like I have a client who she is the financial bread breadwinner. I don't know if that's saying she brings in the money for the family. Uh So she's like, I can't like, she wants to do something different. She doesn't feel passionate. I said, well, let's try and find a tiny slice of pie in your life for something that fuels you. And that will get you to a point where you can start to get more clarity around what does your life look like? Right. Cause I'm like, I don't, it doesn't suit everyone. And I feel like I speak to my own privilege that I am in this position. I am having my own business. Um, but I think some people, I want to recognize that some people don't have that same opportunity right off the get-go. Right. And that, and that is, that is so true. Thank you so much. I'm just so passionate about people finding their passion. <laughs> I know. My, I have to check my own privilege. So, and you know, I, again, it's, it's true. Even if you're in a position where, okay, you can't quit your job. You can't do this. You can't do that. What can you do that fuels you? What can you do every day that excites you? And I love like the 15 minute rule with my clients. Nice. Like I have no time to like do my writing. Like what can you do in 15 minutes? You'd be yeah. surprised. You can write two full pages in 15 minutes, or I don't have time to like, um, I don't know. I don't have time to organize my house. What can you do in 15 minutes? Yeah. I always go back to that or like anything that you want to fit into your life, start small. Yeah. I don't have time to work out. What can you do in 15 minutes? It's not about time. It's about priority essentially. Yes, it's true. But it's like in order to get to that priority, it's almost like they have to have a few victories under their belt. Yeah. Right. And it's like, take 15 minutes of your day and do something that lights you right up. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, and make it a priority. Yeah. Even right now, I'm like, I've just moved to a new house. There's so many boxes around me. And I'm like, I don't, I barely had time to do other things with my business, let alone unpack a house. So now that's like my goal is like every day I'm going to unpack one box. Right. That's all I like. I'm not going to go, I have to unpack everything or I'm a failure. That's not what I'm going to be about. It's like one, what can I do in one box? And it feels good. Every box I unpack. 
Yes, because it's a victory. And I think so many people are in this black and white way of thinking or this all or nothing distortion where it's like, if I can't unpack my whole house right now, I'm a failure. Like what? No, (laughs) you know, like, and and you're, you're just kind of setting yourself up to continue to feel that way because you can't reach that goal. It's unattainable. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with like, you know, people that want to write a book, like you can't write a book in one day. No. I mean, that'd be amazing, but like, you know, that's, that's setting yourself up for disappointment. So what, if we break it into a small chunk of time for you with example, one box a day, or, you know, with a writer, what can you do for 15 minutes today? Mm -hmm. Or if you're a painter, how much of your, like, how much of your art can you get done in that small time? And each of those, like each of those moments, each of those times is, is another positive reinforcement to continue to go. I love that. I really love that. 15 minutes. This is a key one, everyone. 15 minute rule. What can you do in 15 minutes? reach out to the Nissan Instagram. I'll let you know at the end where we can, you can find her and tell us what can you do in 15 minutes? Cause I think it's really one of the biggest messages we've talked about today. Um, Cause I think it's so true. Like people just say, I don't have time for this or I have to take care of my family or I have all these other priorities, but 15 minutes is a huge chunk of time. You think about it built up every day. Think about how much time that is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and everybody can find that time. And mm-hmm. if you go over, amazing. And if you don't, you still won. Exactly. You know, and celebrate won. every small victory you make. Every small victory because it's gonna get you where you want to go. I had a thought. I was probably in a broad going to say, but I feel like my husband takes at least 50 minute poops every day. That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna listen to this and go, oh goodness. Well funnily enough, I I, I actually know that. <laughs> it's like it's at least 15 to 30 right so if you like if you can take time for that much time for that you can take 15 minutes to do something you're excited about but I think it's fear-based too you know oh yeah yeah right like we avoid things like writing for example if you're a writer or creating art or dancing or things like that because we're worried or we're fearful that people are going to reject the outcome people are going to reject what it is that we've created and you know and for the, for the most part, that's just not going to be the case, but we, we live by these irrational fears. The brain is a very interesting place. And it is a place that wants to tell you a fear-based story. Mm-hmm. Follow yeah. your heart. Yeah. Follow your heart. Your heart knows what it wants. Your brain just wants you to stay stuck exactly where you are forever and ever. Cause that's what's safe and familiar and comfortable. Exactly. Like that ego is literally saying like, don't do that. That's not who you're supposed to be. That's not safe. You know, me and my accents, I can't believe it just came out. <laughs> She knows that sometimes I get into an accent and I don't even know what is it English? Is it Australian? I don't know. It's like a combination of both, but yeah, like the ego mind is going to keep you right where you are. And I mean, the ego mind, poor thing, it's really bored. You know, like the ego mind used to have to keep us safe from lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. And now it just doesn't have those same physical, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like dangers to, to look for and protect us from. So it's like, oh man, now what am I going to do? Crap. It's like, no, I'm going to tell you, you have to stay exactly as you are, because if you don't, that's scary. But I'm telling you no growth, no expansion, no personal development has ever come out of playing it safe and staying comfortable. You've got to be uncomfortable. You have to be. I agree. And I always call it like with my clients, like the circle of crap. That's what I call it. It's very easy because your ego's keeping you in that circle of crap. Yeah. But there's so much magic on the other side. You just get out and you, like you're talking about before, having that conscious awareness and, and being uncomfortable. 
you have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just part of it. When you make peace with that, when you make peace with, I'm going to be uncomfortable, this is not going to feel good. It's going to feel like garbage. A lot of the time, and my ego is going to try and tell me just to go back, put my pajamas on and watch Netflix. If you have an awareness around that, it makes it a lot easier. And, and when things start to happen, it's like, oh man, yeah, I was uncomfortable, but I mean, so much good is coming from it. And I'll use a personal example. If you had told me, Alexa, <laughs> six months ago that I would be showing my face online in front of, Tons you of know, people. a few hundred people every single day, I would have told you that you were insane. Wow. <laughs> there is no way that I can, I never showed myself in pictures online. I certainly never showed myself in a video online. Wow. And it's like, when our business coach told me, Denise, you got to start showing up live. I was like, oh, get bent. Honestly, <laughs> there's another way around this. There's, there's gotta be, I could just write emails. Right. And she was like, no, 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 no it's not going to work that way. And I was like, Oh God. And wow. that first time you do it, it's like, we have this, this ridiculous fear that people are going to be like, ha ha, you're silly. <laughs> like you don't know what you're talking about and they and they're gonna point and laugh but when that doesn't happen now it's easy like now no big deal gotta gotta show up live let's do it exactly i love you know? that so good job but it was yeah it wasn't until i had that 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 massive discomfort that i was able to step into this being a very natural gift of mine that is so cool such a good story i think we're gonna leave it there for today because we're like we're just Whoops. chatting away. Oh, it's fine. I could be but... here for three more hours. But I know. I mean, me I don't too. think your people would listen. No, they're probably going to have another poop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to have you back on to talk about spirituality because I really know that's like something you're so big on and I want to learn some things from you about that. So we will pop on another time to do that. Um, I would love that. I know you would love that. Um, I want to know where can people find you? You can find me in a couple of places at Align and Balance Counseling on both Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to join my awesome women's group, you can find me at Redefine, Realign and Rediscover You private Facebook community. It's hopping in there. Okay? Yes. It's hopping. I'm, I'm going in there. Live. We're having, yeah, we're having chats. It's a community. So both of those places, and I'm sure you will write it somewhere in the show I will. notes. I will write Ooh, it. I've always there. wanted to say that. Well, here we are. Find my information in the show notes, folks. <laughs> You're official. <laughs> I'm so official. But thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation. And truly, we have to do a part two. Yes, we definitely have to do a part two. It's been a pleasure to have you as always, my friend. I'll check you later with some voice notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we hanging up now or are you just going to stop recording? I'll hang up. No, no, I'll, I'll stop recording. <laughs>